Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Clipsal's one sleep away. It's like race fan Christmas. In my eyes, it's a you know as a whole, it's the biggest event of the year, biggest race of the year. Um, you know, it's great to be here now, first day at school. We look at the season opener as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. The season starts this weekend, but for defending series champion Jamie Wincup, it will be with a heavy heart. Wincup's father passed away following a short battle with cancer. The V8 Insiders, along with the rest of the motorsport community, send their condolences to the Wincup family. Holden Sponsorship Manager Simon McNamara has announced that HRT and Triple Eight will continue to receive manufacturers' support into the Car of the Future era. The announcement made at Holden Vehicle Operations at Elizabeth, South Australia, locked in the pair when the manufacturers such as Nissan and others plot their entry into the series from 2013. V8 Supercar CEO David Malone has announced Sydney cider John Dunlop would join the organisation in a newly created role, Director of Commercial and Marketing. Mr Dunlop will lead V8 Supercar's sales, sponsorship and marketing teams and report directly to the CEO. He has more than 26 years experience in professional sports management and marketing was the General Manager of Commercial Operations at the PGA of Australia from 2000 to 2009 and before that National Marketing Director from 1995 to 2000. Early in his career he held roles with ACT Softball and ACT Swimming. Stone Brothers Racing have confirmed their endurance partnerships for Shane Van Gisbergen being joined with Luke Yulden rejoining the team after four years and for Tim Slade he will have the defending Dunlop Series champion, Andrew Thompson, in his car. Ford Performance Racing has linked with Porsche Carrera Cup to offer a test in one of the team's FG Falcons for the highest-placed under-30-year driver in the 2012 Carrera Cup Championship. The test was initiated by Stephen Richards, who will call you drive along Mark Winterbottom at Sandown and Bathurst this year. Richards announced the initiative at the Porsche team's launch and is proud to use his links with FPR to help an up-and-coming driver. For Winterbottom and Davison, they're definitely ready for Adelaide. Winterbottom talked about Clipsal being back at the start of the championship. Um, body absolutely feels every bit of jolt and pain that you feel around that joint and um, and it earns the right of being the first race. I think it's the biggest of the year and, it, and it's got merit to start there. But 
Um, we're excited. We're ready to go. Even though they have been testing, Winterbottom still knows that this weekend is the true start to the season. Round, yeah, round one is where your season starts. So um, people can say what they want over Christmas, the, the ramble, the media chat. But round one, when you turn the wheel, you can't hide behind words. It's, it's, uh, it's your season and that's where it starts. So we, you know, we need to start strong. We haven't started strong probably in the past there. And um, to win a championship, I think Adelaide is priority. So I'm excited. I can't wait to get there and kickstart 2012 and make sure that we put the Blue Oval back to number one. Will Davison, he's also looking forward to kicking it all off. Um, you know, it's great to be here now, first day at school, and uh, know everyone's faces, feel very comfortable in the environment and very confident in, uh, you know, in what we've got and uh, all the hard work we've done. And everyone's carrying that aura at the moment. You can see everyone's got a spring in their step. We know the way we finished last year between both cars. You know, we were really the strongest contender to, uh, you know, the Triple Eight guys. So uh, we've just got to start the year consistent. We've got to start it strong. Um, seventh in the championship last year doesn't look very good for me, but uh, I know form-wise it was a lot better. You know, we had two poles at Homebush. I didn't score any points. Um, but, you know, if we put it all together this year, uh, I've got no doubt we're a real, uh, real shot this year. Kelly Racing is throwing its support behind Cam Waters and David Russell in the Dunlop series, along with Samantha Reid being signed as a test driver for the new Dream Team Racing squad. The team will receive backing from the Mildura Aboriginal Corporation, providing driver and road safety education, training and apprenticeship programs for Aboriginal youths. Tim Slade talked to the V8 Insiders about going home for the first race of the season at Clipsall. In my eyes, it's a you know as a whole, it's the biggest event of the year, um, and I guess you know I've been going to that race or the Formula One, the same place ever since I was you know pretty much waist high, and you know I've always sort of wanted to be out there racing, and um, yeah, I mean it, it is it is special to me. I guess you know for me, you know a podium at Clipsa would would probably feel the feel the same as a podium at Bathurst. A win, probably probably not so much. Obviously, a win at Bathurst is, is pretty special. But, um, yeah, you know, all the friends and family there, and it's just a, it's a mega weekend. With the data that you're now going to be able to trade between Lee, Shane, and yourself, how much more is that going to improve you this year? Um, well, I mean, you know, we could do the same last year with Alex. And Alex is no slouch. Um, but, you know, it's good to have Lee on board he's he's um you know an experienced guy he's, he's a race winner and um you know he's a he's, he's a bit of uh he's a breath of fresh air you know he comes in and i guess stuff that we've probably taken for granted or not for granted but got used to he jumps in and goes oh well fuck is this you know meant to be like this or i think we can improve on that and we sort of go, oh, well, yeah, OK. That's, that's probably something that, that we haven't really thought about. So um, it, is, it is definitely good to have him on board. Where do you set your goal for this year? Uh, just on improvement on last year. I'm not too hell-bent on, you know, setting and achieving goals. Um, you know, I just... Theory is everyone sort of puts in their, their best effort as, as well as myself. And, um, yeah, I mean, the rest will sort of work itself out. But, yeah, I mean, definitely... We finished ninth last year, so I think we got to go better than that. Probably top eight, and it'd be nice to collect a, uh, a few more podiums along the way and 
just get that. I mean, the biggest goal is to get the consistency there week in, week out, have that speed um, like the benchmark team, Triple Eight. My thanks to Tim Slade there. After the break, Peter Norton and Richard Crowell will join me for the Clipsal Preview. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us as usual, ahead of the Eclipse 500, it's Adelaide's own and Speed TV's own, Richard Crowell. Good evening, Crowley. Craig, uh, Happy New Year. Lovely to be back. Looking forward to another big season and Clipsal 500 coming up. Big event. Yeah, it is indeed. And uh, joining us to uh, talk everything Clipsal in the build-up is Inside Motorsports, Peter Norton. Good evening, Peter. G'day, Craig and Richard. It's interesting. We get to the first big race of the year, but uh, Richard, I would not be at all surprised if you're already completely worn out. A fantastic job last weekend at the 12 hour. And so many V8 supercar drivers got to get good times, hours in fact, on the mountain. It all bodes well for what comes up in October. It does, there's no doubt, and, and that's sort of part of the reason why a lot of them do it. Some of them do it because it's just a great racetrack, and to drive it in great racing cars like the GT3 cars uh, is a great opportunity. Thanks for your comments, by the way. Um, you know, Fantastic weekend last 90 minutes live on Speed TV, which is a first for the event, and the reception's been outstanding. So big things ahead. We had Tim Slade in the commentary box, uh, both during the live Speed TV call in the afternoon and for the internet stream in the morning. And Slade couldn't say enough nice things about how good those GT3 cars are. And he said, I'm going to get into the car at Clipsal on uh, Friday morning for first practice and go to adjust the 10-stage traction control and find out it's not there. And complain when it doesn't have as much aero grip as an f3 open wheeler so he was um he was blown away by it but all the v8 guys had a, a fantastic time Stephen johnson he, i haven't seen stevie johnson look so relaxed for so long but you know no pressure jump in the porsche drive around for 12 hours they got a class victory and a fourth outright to boot so great weekend and, and i think those guys really just love it's a bit of a diversion from all the pre-season pr and all the talk and all the hype that goes on this is an opportunity to be a racing car driver, which, as we all know, for a professional racing car driver, they only get to do that 14 times a year. So this is a good opportunity uh, for these guys just to, to go racing, which is what they all love. Mm. Well, the hype in the build-up to the 500 Eclipse or Peter has not been lost this year. Of course, we had the Nissan announcement before Sandown. And Holden, not to be outdone, have had a big announcement this week and secured the two biggest names in the grid. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they hyped it up as being a, a very big announcement, uh, the good folk at, uh, at Holden and uh, through their, their, their media teams. And uh, it was uh, announced as having special guests 
And I actually had uh, you know, expectations that they're going to pull a, a rabbit out of the hat, some sort of uh, guest driver or something like that. So I was actually a little bit disappointed when the announcement was um, still a, quite a major one, uh, that they were uh, extending deals uh, with the Triple Eight uh, uh, and that the Walkinshaw Racing uh, for... Well, they don't actually say how many years, but uh, I think it's safe to say it is for quite a few. And uh, in the, their uh, announcements, they highlighted some of the statistics of what that team has, or those two teams have achieved together. And uh, really quite amazing when you uh, sort of string them all together, it makes it look like no one else has a chance. Richard? You know, Craig, I, I, I really like what they did. And, and I, I agree with Pete in the fact that we probably all expected something earth-shattering and something amazing announcement like Michael Schumacher is going to come and race for the Holden Racing Team or something but I like what they've done in making a statement very soon after the whole Nissan thing came out saying to either to Nissan or to any other manufacturer that's around hands off our two top teams and that was why they rattled off all those stats and you know the fact that they've dominated Bathurst for the last couple of years and all the championships and everything like that it was a bit of a warning to anyone like a Chrysler or a Korean mark, for example, all these rumoured brands that want to come into V8 supercars that want to throw a bunch of money at these teams to get into the sport that, no, hands off, Holden is here. I, I like the comment that, that was made by um, by the motorsport boss of Holden. He said, we've we've been here when there's been other rivals. We've seen them off. Um, we're in this for the long term. We want to win. So from that aspect, I really like it. I, I like the fact that they've committed so hard. They've got their two best teams signed up they're ready for the fight with Nissan and, and anybody else who comes into the sport. So from that aspect, I really like it. I think it's a, a great move, and hey, it's good for the sport. Those are the two outstanding racing car teams, and you know, it's better for the sport that they're in good machinery and with good backing like Holden behind them. So mm. I like it, like it a lot. Well, it can't be lost on anyone either, Peter, that this announcement was made at Holden's main administration building in Elizabeth, South Australia, in the climate of the automotive and manufacturing industry and the comments that have just gone through the Kevin Julia Love Fest Mark II. Well, yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of question marks over the last couple of months about the future of Australian car manufacturing, uh, and it's good to see a positive sign, a, a, you know, a true commitment there. Uh, Richard, you, you mentioned that they've won the, the last couple of Bathists. Um, when you add the two teams together, it's the last 11. No one else yeah. has a chance. It's amazing, um, isn't it? When you, when you look at it that way. Um, and, yes, what we really need now is uh, Ford to come out and also make a, an equal sort of commitment to the category. And, of course, if you look back over the last you know, 30 or maybe longer uh, years, Ford have come and gone and their enthusiasm has gone up and down, up and down, and credit really has to go to Holden for sticking with motorsport for the long term. And, you know, it's part of their DNA. It's part of the culture. It's why people buy a Holden is because of the, uh, you know, the consistency of being uh, associated with motorsport. Mm. One thing that happened today, Richard, that I thought was uh, a real uh, throwback to the Formula One days is the fact that we're going to see Alan Jones's world championship in race car world championship winning race car on the track on the streets of Adelaide again and well for the first time and also Alan Jones today down there at schools making presentations and uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see one his old car on the track and just see how far motor racing has come and two to see Alan and Murray and just really getting that atmosphere back of where this race has come from and what it is today and 
plug I'll get in now that, that Formula 3's back for the first time in three years. So it's, there is actually wings and flicks racing back there. Yeah, the, the thing that I, I really appreciate, and, and I'm first and foremost a, a wings and flicks fan, is that you know th- this event in particular is not afraid to use its roots and where it's come from in its promotion and its growth as a V8 supercar event. And they're not afraid to go. You know, we were 11 years. We were one of the best-run Grands Prix anywhere in the world, and, you know, we created an international acclaim for that. So they're not afraid to do that. So bringing out um, Alan Jones, bringing out his world championship-winning car, getting all that stuff happening, it costs money, but it's a, an investment in, you know, reminding people of what, you know, the, the heritage and history has got. You've got to remember that as a street circuit, this is one of the... This is up there with Monaco. It's up there with Long Beach as one of the longest-running street events in the world. Yes, there was a gap between the Grand Prix and the V8 days, but the basis of it is the same since it started in 1985. So it's, it's got heritage. It's got the same kind of heritage and history that a permanent race course develops over the years, like a Laguna Seca or one of the famous... like a Phillip Island or a famous track in Australia. So they're not afraid to use that to promote it. And it still resonates with particularly local punters here that remember the Grand Prix days and still talk about it. So I think it's a fantastic promotional thing. AJ will probably get more laps in the Williams than he ever got in the Beatrice you actually raced at Adelaide in 85, but that's a story for another day. Mm, it is interesting that we have got the meeting of those two worlds. One team that would like to meet success is FPR, Peter. And uh, whilst the press release says the trio is ready for action... Will Davison, Mark Winterbottom and Dave Reynolds, is the team ready to give them the performance they need? Ooh, that's a tricky question. Uh, They looked impressive at the test day at Sandown just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, They... Uh, were top of the table uh, in in most of the uh, or most of the sort of time slots that the, the cars were out there, and the, you know they shared it between the, the three drivers. So, um, so the ingredients are there. You know, the, obviously the hardware is good. The drivers are dialed in and uh, enthusiastic. Um, Mark Winterbottom, I would expect that his uh, foot won't cause him too many troubles. Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a question mark there, of course. But you know, we know he's got the speed. Um, the ingredients are there, and as always with that team, it's always the funny, odd little things that seem to be what they trip over. So uh, if you keep trying something uh, you know, again and again, you've got to get it right eventually, don't you? Can do. <laughs> and, and, Craig, I think now's the year. I mean, it has to be this year, doesn't it? I mean, they've been playing around for so long. They had an up-and-down year last year, but they cracked it towards the end of the season. One of the faster cars on the grid in the second half of the year. This has to be the year. It's got a gel. Davison's in his second year. Reynolds is the man of the moment for good reasons and bad. He's a great driver, but they've had all this contract stuff going on with Kelly Racing. Frosty, you know, fast, one of the fastest drivers in the sport, one of the better drivers in the sport. The broken ankle thing, I don't worry. Funny story, Channel 10 News this week in Adelaide profiled that. They did a PR piece today where... Um, Frosty went out and uh, hit some cricket balls around with the uh, the Redbacks, who won the uh, one-day cup at the weekend. Uh, congratulations to a good South Australian team. Just throw that in there if I can. Um, and I tell you what, uh, nothing wrong with the ankle. Lovely forward drive right into the cameraman uh, from the news network. So there's nothing wrong with that ankle if you can play cover drives like that. But it's got to happen. I think it will. I reckon this is the year, and I think there's going to be a massive battle between those three guys as to who's going to be the front-running for performance racing driver when we get to Sydney at the end of the year. That's that's going to be the, the big fight. But 
they've just got to make sure they try and win the championship in the process. Well, as they say, uh, the definition of insanity is you keep try, you keep doing the same thing and hoping mm. for a different outcome. So let's hope that they're doing something different. Mm, we'll take a break on that note. Be back with plenty more on the V8 Insiders right after this. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Peter Norton and Richard Crowell joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, we're previewing the first round of the championship. And let's talk Stone Brothers Racing. We did have a quick chat about, uh, of course, Tim Slade and his efforts at at Bathurst on the weekend. But what about the Kiwi, Shane Van Gisbergen, and the new teammate, of course, Lee Holsworth. Where do we rate their chances when we compare them to the other Ford factory team? Richard? Uh, look, they're going to be there, aren't they? Uh, we saw last year in patches what Shane Van Gisbergen can do in a racing car, and it's pretty spectacular. Uh, regardless of what's happening, whether he's 1st or 21st, it's awesome to watch. What they've gone and done is he's got a, a bona fide superstar in Lee Holdsworth in their next car, with all due respect to Alex Davis, and for whatever reason, that didn't gel, and, and Davo's a better driver than what we've seen. But Lee Holdsworth, he's very, very good. We know that. We've seen what he can do in the Gary Rogers car. So that's that's a good thing. And Tim Slade, now in his second year with the team, had a great great first season. You know, they got three cars in the top 12 in the championship last year. They're strong. This is they're, they're right up the top of that mountain they've been climbing the last three years, bouncing back from... They had that couple of quiet years after Marcus Ambrose left, after Russell Ingle left, when they run those championships in a row. You know, they've been rebuilding. I think this is their season. They're right there. And heaven help the sport if Shane Van Gisbergen goes and wins four or five races in a row, because if he does, I'm not sure you'll see which way he goes, because um, he's just an immensely talented guy and he's got so much time on his hands, you know, to build his career in the sport. So... Really exciting year. It could be a big year for Stone Brothers Racing. If it all comes together and all the pieces of the puzzle get together, I think it'll be a great year for them. Peter? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there that uh, they have invested heavily in young drivers over a couple of years. And they've taken a long-term investment there, sort of uh, taking in unknown drivers at the time, nurturing them. And, of course, these guys uh, with limited V8 experience, they're... They're learning so they're not in such a strong position to provide the technical feedback and improve the car. Uh, and isn't it funny? Lee Holdsworth, in, in some respects, is the uh, the wise old head that's going to come into that team and give them a, a bit of a boost in that area. Um, so it's interesting that uh, you know, Lee is considered the, uh, the old and experienced guy there. But in relative terms, yes, he is. Uh, he can bring that uh, sort of additional edge to them. And, you know, those ingredients have great potential to, uh, you know, put them at the, the pointy end more consistently. Mm. And this is, guys, it, it's the same thing as full performance racing, isn't it? That FPR's got this package, and, and they've, they've now got it to a point where they should be winning races consistently. So they've got Campbell Little in place. Tim Edwards has been there for a while. They went through a phase where they had quite a few MDs. So they're, 
they're now at a point where all this hard work they've built over the last three or four years should work. I think SBR is in the same thing. And I reckon having Holdsworth there is probably going to be that last little piece in the puzzle they need to put into place to get that team to the next level and to be a triple eight beater uh, every weekend of the year instead of just every now and then when a bit of Van Gizzi brilliance happens or when it rains. So... Yeah, exciting times, really exciting times for uh, for SBR. Mm. Well, SBR has the youngest Adelaidean in the uh, field. Walkinshaw Performance has the oldest in Russell Engel. Now, I'm not sure if this is his last Clipsal 500, but you'd figure it could very well be. What do we expect from Rusty now that he's in a Walkinshaw pseudo HRT Commodore? Rich? Um. Well, the the big question is, is what car is, is he going to be in? Because that combination hasn't really worked the last couple of years, has it? For Fabian Coulthard, I think, was in that team, and I'm trying to word this nicely, but he was in that team when they had their dramas, wasn't he? When, when James Courtney came in and all of a sudden HRT were having a massive struggle last season and nowhere near where they needed to be. As it was, Fab's pulled off a pretty good result at the end of the championship, almost by stealth, he sort of crept up on them. If, if HRT are strong consistently this year, and if that translates over to that third car, which is sort of a, a fringe operation, I guess, uh, alongside Holden Racing Team, there's no reason why Russell can't be competitive. Uh, qualifying is still his issue, but there's, there's no doubt he's still just as good in the races. But they've got to make sure that that third car isn't what it is. They've got to make sure it's not a third car. They've got to make sure it is part of a three-car team that is the Holden Racing Team slash Walkinshaw Racing. And you got the feeling at times that maybe it wasn't like that over the last couple of years. If it is, there's no reason why it can't be towards the front. Mm, Peter? Um, I find the uh, Walkinshaw Racing, it's it's an interesting little engineering uh, puzzle, isn't it? Um, Mm. When you look at the Triple Eight cars, they're consistently fast everywhere they go. Straight out of the truck, they dial it in, and you know, they can be at the top of the timesheets. HRT and the Walkinshaw cars seem to operate in a much narrower sweet spot. Where, uh, and we've seen that with uh, Garth Tander. He can take the whole weekend, but on the, on the Sunday afternoon in, the, in the, the main race, he's finally got it happening, and he's getting up there onto the podium. But it seems to be a challenge because when it comes out of the truck, it's nowhere there. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going to be uh, a challenge for for, for Ingle. Uh, and you know, it's something that some of the customers of Walkinshaw Racing have struggled with uh, over the you know, definitely over the last year. Is that it is that narrow sort of uh, you know, very very narrow sweet spot, and it's very hard to dial that car in. And then you go to the next track, and you've got to start again. Uh, I think that's going to haunt uh, Ingle, and I think that's part of where you know, Coulthard and others have struggled in the past. Mm. Now, Peter, I, I think Garth might have won, he won. He definitely won one of the races last year. I don't know how we work out who wins Clip of 500 anymore because of events and rounds and all that confusion. But he Sunday, Craig. Who wins Sunday is the Clip of 500 all right. winner. Well, anyway, he was there and abouts on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Is Garth and now James going to be able to bounce back from what was, uh, well, particularly for James, a, a horrible year? Well, they, sorry, Pete, you go. Um, well, I, I think that you know, Garth has had the experience there, uh, obviously, for more years than James, so he's more experienced at dialing those rather you know, tricky cars in. 
uh, and his results last year showed the progress that he made across many of those race weekends. Uh, yep, James is no deal. Um, you know, he's learning all the time, and I expect that gap to have narrowed this time. Um, yeah, and I think that James come out there pretty determined to, to prove a lot of the uh, statisticians wrong, because uh, the statisticians loved uh, pointing out that uh, for a reigning champion, just how far behind the pack that he ended up. Mm. The, the Holden Racing Team is a, an ideal way to explain to someone who doesn't know the sport particularly well the critical nature of getting a car set up to a driver's liking. Because you've got James Courtney, who last year was the reigning champion, He'd won one of the, the more thrilling championships we've had in the last couple of years with, with uh, Jim Beam Racing, brilliantly fought out title, won a lot of races on the way, took it to the end, jumps into the Holden Racing Team, and aside from the start of the year in Abu Dhabi, looked like he was playing massively second fiddle to Garth Tander. But as Pete said so, um, so correctly, it's GT's team who's been there for so long. He's got the car set up exactly the way he likes it and developed towards his driving style. Um... So he was substantially quicker. But, but Courtney, you know, as, as you said, Pete, he's no deal. I mean, he's a champion. You don't win a V8 supercar championship by being not a capable racing car driver, and, and I'd argue that point to anybody who comes along. So he'll get there, no doubts about it. Um, he's got a year under his belt. He's got a good working relationship with Garth. They get on pretty well. And, um, the, you know, what they want is to get that Holden team to the front. That's, that's their priority. Out of the two of them, one of them's obviously going to be first, the other one's going to be second, but, but they're going to work together to get HRT towards the front of the field. And uh, James Courtney will win races again. He has to win races again. He's too good not to. Mm. My well, concern with uh, HRT is that if those chassis are just that, you know, a bit tricky to tune, mm. um, and if they haven't you know, found the, the answer to crack that uh, over the, the off-season, you know, is it a holding year? Do they just... Uh, do their best. Okay, they might come out and win Bathurst because, I mean, last mm. year wasn't a uh, total failure for them, was it? Um, no. But will they be competitive in the championship or do they just have to bide their time till car of the future where they get to start again and they can put this uh, you know, problematic car behind them? Mm. Well, Garth was really strong. <clears throat> Excuse me. Garth was really strong at Clipsal, as you said, Pete, last year. So if they start the year well and, and then a bit of consistency comes into it, which is what they lacked last year, um, there's no doubt. I think the thing, the difference between the two is, is Garth just gets the car to the sweet spot quicker than James does, and and that's just the experience of being in the team. So that's what obviously they've got to work on with James. But yeah, they're obviously a strange old car to get set up right, and when they're there, they're there and they're quick, as we saw at Bathurst. But that that window seems to be pretty narrow, whereas the Triple Eight car can seem to have a pretty wide sort of operating window of, of where it's set up to be competitive. Mm. We need to take a break. The white flag lap is going to be the final part of the Vest Clipsal preview. I hope you stay with us. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the White Flag Lap. And on this White Flag Lap, we've got three teams to talk about. I'm going to let you guys talk about them in any particular order. Jim Beam Racing and, of course, Dick Johnson Racing's four cars. Kelly Racing's four cars. And we better finish with the champion and the bridesmaid, Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes. Richard. 
Uh, I'll dive in. Let's talk uh, Dick Johnson slash Jim Beam Racing. This is a massive year to see how that team is going to work long term, isn't it? Massive expansion. They've gone to four cars, despite all of the dramas that they've had that have been well documented behind the scenes. This is a big, big test for them. Uh, it's a big test for Stephen Johnson as the sort of the glue, the fabric that um, puts it all together. It's a big test for James Moffat being the second-year driver coming in. He's got his own new sponsor on that car, the Norton 360 Falcon. Looks fantastic. It's going to be activated very well. It's going to get a lot of visibility. But second year, time to deliver some results and more of the promise he showed last year. And then where do we go from there? Steve Allen, tough year last year, but how good were those Paul Morris cars? We don't really know. Um, you know, he's in reasonable machinery now. He's got VIP Petfords backing again. Should be pretty competitive, you'd think. Uh, and then Dean Fiore, again, second year. The whole Triple F thing, they've decided to, to sort of meld that in with Dick Johnson Racing. I think for Dean Fiore, it's the best thing possible. He gets the engineering resources of three cars and a really sort of stable uh, way to operate outside of running their own racing car team. So good for Fiore. I think good for Moffat. The other two, maybe some question marks, but I think it's a critical year for, for DJR to see how they're going to work long-term in the future and whether they can put all their dramas they've had over the last couple of years behind them. Peter? Um, I think it's a, a very good uh, case study in terms of the, the business of motorsport. Uh, over the last couple of years, uh, Dick Johnson Racing, uh, they've... Well, they had the ups of a championship, but they had all of the turmoil about ownership and you know, the business side of things was doing it tough. What they've come out and done this year is that uh, attack is the best form of defence. They've yeah. gone very much on the front foot, uh, brought in those, those customers in many respects, and I think it's great. Hopefully it will give them the, 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 uh, uh, the business foundation to take them into the future. I I would be very surprised, though, if that immediately transfers into uh, much success on the track. I think it, my expectation really is that it'll be a little bit more of the same this year as they really cement the, the business side of things. Uh, but they're putting the ingredients together. I think uh, 2013 will be an exciting time for them. I don't have uh, great hopes for them this year, though. Sorry. I was calling it a gap year, probably from last year, for Kelly Racing... This is a gap year. They have to finish with Holden and they want to finish on a high, but they're mindful that they've got to be hitting the ground running because Holden not only threw the gauntlet down, they slapped Kelly Racing in the face on the way through. Gee, they had they had some great moments last year, Kelly Racing, didn't they? Sandown was awesome in the rain. Pole position at Bathurst, yes, it was weather assisted, but they got a legitimate third place out of it. You know, Rick Kelly was, was awesome. Darwin was great. There were some fantastic moments for that team last year, of course, in Hamilton as well. Um, their, their biggest issue last year was, was pacing the dry. They were amazing in the rain, but the cars were so stiff that they really struggled to um, struggled to get them working in the dry properly. I think that team, and just looking at the way that they operate and the way that they've put this Nissan program in place with a separate facility to develop those cars, separate people, separate minds... I think they'll keep chuffing along. They're not going to beat Triple Eight, let's be honest, for the championship. But if Rick Kelly does what he does and Murph's there and thereabouts, they're going to have a pretty good year, aren't they? It's, it's reasonable to expect that they will be in the top ten in the championship. They're going to win some races, you'd think, and set themselves up nicely going in. And, and I liked Todd Kelly at the Nissan announcement. He said, look, yes, this is great. It's awesome for 2013. We've still got 2012 in the middle. We still need to make sure that 
we're going to be competitive as a team for our sponsors and all that going into the future to make sure they launch into Nissan on a, on a winning way. Even the boss of Nissan said they expect to see Kelly Racing winning races this year. Mm. Hey, I've got to tell you, I just got the text message in. Chris Jordan just fell off the treadmill. He is not happy with Richard Crail. Uh, Crowley, you're going to have to mend some bridges there because they are going to beat Triple Eight as far as he's concerned. Peter? Okay, I'll cop that. That's fine. I'll have a chat with Jordo this weekend. No problem. <laughs> Peter? Um, I think in, in the past you might have expected that they'd just go through the motions this year, uh, just filling in time, ready for the, for the next uh, exciting phase. But I've been impressed with their professionalism over the, the, the last 18 months in particular. Um, they've really lifted their, their public profile. Uh, they had the, uh, you know, the Grant Denyer uh, TV program where they, uh, uh, was it Cameron uh, Walters came through. And, you know, the, the, they've really lifted in terms of the, the, the polish. Uh, and I think that that will put them in a good position uh, to, to take that sort of momentum to the racetrack this year that they won't let themselves just be you know, going around uh, waiting for the for next year, that they'll put up a decent showing. I, I think uh, Richard's analysis is spot on. Uh, they're going to have their uh, moments of brilliance and other weekends they're going to struggle a little bit, but that's just you know, the, where they're at. I, I don't see them just cruising. Mm. All right, guys, Triple Eight, we need to wrap this up and I don't think there'll be too many people saying anything but powerhouse. Richard? Powerhouse. Okay, Peter. And, yep, and Craig, Craig to beat Wink Up. Just throwing it out there. All right. Peter? Oh, I think a lot of people would be cheering for that result, uh, but Wink Up has been in the zone for the last couple of years. Uh, I can't see anything that's really going to uh, you know, knock him out of, of having that uh, extra little 1% or 2% that the others just can't seem to find. And I'm I going thought... to run with that, though, Craig, really quickly. I got told on Twitter the other day that I uh, successfully tipped the Bathurst podium on this program last year, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to roll with that. I, I like it. It's, it's, we're locking it in, Eddie. Excellent. Yes. Like it. And, of course, our, our sympathies out to Jamie Winkup and his family too. Uh, the uh, tragic loss of his father coming into this race is not going to be unnoticed by all the fans and, of course, everyone in Triple Eight. Guys, uh, I don't know if there's another team that you'd want to highlight, but we really need to wrap it up here. So final thoughts here on the White Flag Lap. Richard Crowell. Uh, look, my only thought is that, A, it's great to have the season back going, isn't it? It was a long off-season. Um, what a place to start. Clipsal 500, it's where the season should start. It's the biggest event of the year in terms of crowds, in terms of, of interest outside of Bathurst. It's fantastic. It's great. Uh, V8 to back. It's going to be a really interesting year and a critical year going into 2013. So I'm just glad it's back and um, look for another massive crowd this weekend. Peter? Well, Craig, uh, you've been uh, suggesting that this year is just going to be a gap year. I think that the uh, you know, the, the sport has a, a new buzz about it. We've got uh, uh, you know, the, the announcements with Nissan, uh, the uh, announcements from Holden. Uh, I think the, the media people are doing the best they can to stir things up and... Uh, it's got a buzz about it this year again, and that surprises me. I thought it would be a, a bit of a, a letdown and a bit of a gap here, but uh, it's getting exciting. Yep. Let's bring it on. Gary O'Brien was red hot on how the vibe is uh, getting about about V8 Supercars even before Clipsal this year. Guys, I'm going to stick my head out. I think Richard Crail's right. It's going to be Craig Lowndes' year to lose. I also think that we will see a Kelly car in the top five in the championship I'm just not sure whether it'll be Rick or Murph. Sorry, Todd. 
How's that listening? I like it a lot. Hey, that's all we've got time for this week on the V8 Insiders. My thanks to Richard Crowell and Peter Norton as Checker Flag waves over another edition. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.